0: This episode is sponsored by The Juice, a discovery and distribution platform, almost like Spotify, for B2B marketing content. And in these ads, we're celebrating great modern marketers by asking these great marketers, what does it even take to be great at marketing today? This answer comes from Hiba Amin.
1: Marketing five years ago and even today is so wrapped up in collecting information about our customers in an effort to push them down and down and down the funnel until a sale is made. On one hand you've got ebook forms that trigger unwarranted and ultimately untimely sales rep calls you also have gated content everywhere yet when we as marketers talk about our own experiences when dealing with brands we're frustrated because our inboxes and our phones get bombarded all because we went to a single webinar the modern marketer is customer-centric in everything that they do and that starts with talking to customers on a regular cadence and truly making the effort to understand their wants and needs and delivering on those. The modern marketer pushes for a customer-led culture where customers have the power and information they need to be successful, whether or not it's with that company's solution.
0: For some great writing and thinking about marketing from Hiba, check out the links in your show notes to follow her on Twitter and explore her work on her creator page on the Juices platform. Thank you to Hibba, and thank you to The Juice. Even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it, this show is a business show, or maybe a show about careers. I always like to imagine that, at least aspirationally, Unthinkable is like Radiolab for a creative person's career. And when that's the topic that you've chosen to explore, when that's the career path that you, or in this case, I have picked, it's hard not to feel incredibly stressed out all the time. I mean, looking around the working world, if you do focus on business as a pursuit, You see endless advice, trends, technologies, problems, things you could do or things you're told you should do, endless people to know, decisions to make, numbers to hit, books and blog posts to read, podcasts to listen to, videos to watch, fears and biases creeping in, aspirations not being met, that suffocating feeling that there's just too much information out there, but what is the right information and when will I stop reacting and start feeling proactive and in control and steady and successful? It's a lot. And as a result, oftentimes it feels like we are pressing. Go, 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 grow, 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 faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. So let's just take a moment to take a deep breath and appreciate the little things that are very much worth appreciating. It's small, refreshing, and beautiful. Keep, 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 keep it going. It's unthinkable. Exploring why work resonates and how ours can too. I'm Jay Aconzo. Today is the second episode in our mini-series that we're calling Mini-series. Or, really, mini-series. See, it's tempting to hear the stories of creative people on this show and hold them at arm's length. I'm inspired, but I could never. I'm not them. It's easy to disassociate from what you hear on this show and elsewhere about people who create work that really resonates But resonance doesn't require you to create anything big or time-intensive or expensive. So in this series, we're exploring some of the tiniest forms of creative work that create some of the biggest responses from the audience. Mini-series. Get it? (sighs) Last time, in our first story, we explored copywriting. Today... Illustration, Specifically, these delightful little one-to-few panel drawings from the wonderful, the whimsical Haley Weaver, formerly known as Haley Drew, and publicly known as Haley Drew This. When you were little, your mom used to sit you, your sister, and your brother at the table with a bucket of markers and a ton of paper, and apparently you would just draw for hours. And you would create recurring characters that over the long arc of time had all these adventures and storylines. Do you remember any of those characters? And if so, like, what? which ones stand out?
2: Yeah, my, oh my gosh, I hope my sister listens to this. Um, my sister and I had this whole, like, fantastical world where uh, we both, like, played the characters to these two families. And so I was, like, all the characters of one family and she was the other. And we would just draw them and, like, their house and... They had like, a, they both had cruise ships, but like, we just loved drawing like all of the different like spaces that these characters could live in. The funny thing is, we named them after my little brother's like two best friends. They were like the two main characters were named Sam and Chase. And then they had sisters who were like kind of my sister and I both projecting like what we wish we were because we were like nine. So they were like these really cool teenagers who were <laughs> like models and actors and like somehow on red carpets, but also at high school. So it was definitely just like us projecting like this world that we wished we were in, it kind of morphed into like, we would sometimes just like play the characters while sitting in the car and stuff too. <laughs> My parents were probably either like very endeared by it or slightly concerned.
0: <laughs> Haley has earned more than 280,000 followers on Instagram, where she posts her illustrations and cartoons. She earns a living by doing branded campaigns, whether posting the content to her feed or the brands, as well as through her Patreon. And just like her drawings, her Instagram bio says a whole lot in a tiny little space. It's just one line, which says, "Drawing through my feelings." She has a hand-drawn style with the black outlines of her sketches being a tiny little bit wavy, and the words that appear over and around her drawings look less like a font that she types out, and more like Haley writing it out with a thin black marker. She leaves plenty of blank space and uses a lot of pastel colors, making the dark black text stand out even more when she writes things like, Brighten Things When You Can, or Places I've Cried, Part 6. Whether intentional or not, her style and her message have melded together. She leaves plenty of space within the frame of a given drawing, just like the space that we need to confront our emotions in our hectic lives. Haley leaves in the waviness of her lines, or the seemingly accidental break in a streak of color, kind of like a paintbrush starting to run dry as you drag it across a white canvas. And of course, keeping in these little imperfections or even adding them is a way to convey her message and speak to people about the topics that she explores as much or even more than any actual words she writes. As for her drawings, let's start with a piece called Feelings I Would Bottle. The reason I want to bring this piece up, Feelings I Would Bottle, is all three bottles in different shapes are labeled with lengthier copy than one would normally label a bottle, which I think adds to the humor of it because you're reading these very specific feelings. But these are very specific feelings. So just to read all three. The first bottle is kind of what you'd picture as a normal, like, mason jar almost, that same kind of like, you know, rectangular vertical shape. And the label in uh, kind of a, a pinkish orange says, receiving a recommendation preceded by this made me think of you. Receiving a recommendation preceded by this made me think of you. Where did that feeling come from? Is that from a moment in your life? That is a very specific thing. Can you describe that a little bit more?
2: Especially now with Spotify, I, I'll have friends just randomly text me a song link and say, this song is a Haley song. And it's one of those little moments to start your day that you're listening to a song that your friend heard and specifically thought, I need to send this to my friend. And it's those little moments that just make you feel so connected to people you're far from, even to yourself, to like, hear something and like enjoy it and be like, I can't believe this song is something that like invokes my essence to someone else. You feel appreciated by someone else.
0: The second bottle is squat, same width as that typical mason jar, but it's almost like cut in half. It's very squat, very short. And you have a vertical rectangle, kind of a teal color that says, resting your head on a friend's shoulder on the Metro.
2: Fiftieth
0: Street, stand clear of the closing doors, please.
2: The feeling I'm actually brought back to is when I lived in Seattle and my friends and I were leaving a concert and riding the light rail back and it's just like your body is tired from dancing and like seeing or hearing music you love and then you're with someone that you love and you're just both exhausted but really content and you're just kind of leaning against each other um, in this moment of very temporary public but intimate quietness it, I, I don't know it, I think it's one of those most magical moments you can have.
0: Last one, very thin bottle, tallest of the three, and a very vertical yellow label reading "Finding Your Name" on a colorful card-shaped envelope in the mail. Tell me more about that.
2: I'm a big snail mail person, so I think anytime I get something that's not a bill in the mail, <laughs> and like you f- it, 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 I think there's something to snail mail that is so wonderfully thoughtful because there, there are so many elements to it. It's usually like picking out a card, making sure you have someone's address, which I don't have all my friends' addresses anymore, having stamps, you know, like all these little things, walking it to the mailbox, sending it because you miss them or it's their birthday or whatever. Um, it's kind of similar to that first bottle, but just that extra step of thoughtfulness from a friend or a loved one. It's just a good feeling.
0: Was there a piece or a moment where you thought, oh, maybe this is like what I do, like professionally?
2: Yeah, I actually think when I started drawing more vulnerable artwork was when it started to really feel like it clicked, Um, especially just because in the beginning, a lot of the work I would draw felt it felt relatable, but it felt really generic. Like I remember one of my first comics was about how to hide a zit. which like i think a lot of people can relate to but it's not really getting that deep it's l- quite literally the surface and so when i was really nervous to talk about my mental health because i did i have struggled with anxiety and minor depression my whole life and so it felt scary to put that out there but i remember that was like one of the the times where i did feel like i resonated hugely with my audience when i did share a piece about my panic attacks It was just one of those days where I was like, I want to make more of this.
0: The next piece is a pastel green square, almost like the green you'd see on an Easter egg. And in the middle of this light, soothing green color is a young woman with straight, reddish-brown hair. She's wearing a dark, green raincoat, open, with buttons running down one side. She has khaki pants and red rain boots. In one hand, she's holding a yellow umbrella pointed down like a cane. This piece is titled, March as a Person. A little black arrow points to her hair with some text that says, Her hair always looks great. And to the boots, Haley writes, not afraid to step into uncertainty, and other arrows and copy run around the frame talking about the character. March as a Person is part of a series that Haley draws, where she turns each month into a person. Where did that begin?
2: It was actually one of the first drawings I did uh, back in 2017 when I started my account. I didn't really know. The way I actually started my account was trying to do like a drawing a day. I was you know, borderline depressed at my job and feeling really drained. And so at first it was really hard to think of something that I could do every single day because I was really unpracticed with a creative little moment each day. And so a lot of the ways that I would theme the work was to think about like, what day is it? What month is it? What season is it? And kind of use that as a starting point. Um, And since I started in January, it was like, okay, I'll just draw what I think January would be if she was like my friend that drawing is highly embarrassing still, just because like, I'm not like a technically trained artist. And so like the head is like really massive and uh, there's a like, coffee stain. Cause this is when I was still using uh, sketchbooks and colored pencils, but it was a really fun drawing to do. And it kind of made me think about like what my intentions were for each month. So I just kept doing it and I've like recreated them every time that I post them. So this is the 2022 version.
0: I, a long time ago, interviewed for the show and and told the story of a photographer and entrepreneur named Chase Jarvis, and he he has this massive personal platform and You know, he was very early in teaching the craft of photography. When people didn't do that, it was trade secret. He would post videos before it was YouTube. It was just Google Video. He was that doing this stuff. Yeah, remember Google Video? Like, the answer is probably no. No, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Chase has been doing this for for years and years, and he told the story of his first ever film was when he was a kid. They wanted to do a sequel or a play on a, a movie, called The Son of Zorro, which was a sequel to the Zorro films called The Sons of Zorro with him and his friends in his neighborhood. And he said something I'll never forget. He said the production quality was terrible, but the spirit was enormous and the spirit was amazing. And I feel like that's what starts us all is like you just commented on your production technique, but the spirit of that post was that was present, was was somehow enormous because it clearly persisted till today. So to break down March and the piece I'm seeing here, what I was expecting to find was something that played on familiar themes about March, like very on the nose, right? Like here's an easy example. My mom was uh, challenged many years ago by my wife to continue her love of Christmas throughout the year by having one tiny Christmas tree in the corner of her kitchen that she changes the ornaments to match the month. So oh, cute. <laughs> and for years now, she's done that. So March, it's all on the nose, right? It has um, pictures of Saint Joseph for Saint Joseph's Day, and of course, shamrocks and green and things like that. This March as a person is very green, but that's kind of where the like squarely on the nose stuff stopped. Like this person isn't drawn as a leprechaun. Like it's not cliche. <laughs> I want to know, like, how do you come up with the person and their features? Are you starting with this is March? and then somehow grafting it on? Is it something internal? Walk me through how this piece began.
2: I think originally it was partially to like set intentions for myself for the month, but also just imagining what this ideal person might look like. And by ideal, I don't mean perfect. I just mean brave and confident, maybe just a couple steps ahead of where I felt. And then I also, I'll be honest, I've always thought of people who I know that were born in that month and so sometimes they kind of inspire Ah. qualities too especially when I was doing it in the beginning but now like looking at this post I think parts of it were inspired by just feeling like this is yet another really uncertain year I mean all years are uncertain but just the the current climate feels really scary um and so just kind of playing on that and reminding at least myself that that's something that we're all kind of walking into and this person that I like drew is doing that so I can do it too
0: so the next one this one's my personal favorite for a very specific reason which I'll I'll talk about so this one Ah. should should be seeing my anxiety my anxiety not mine that's a different podcast but this is another single frame illustration from Haley about anxiety And it's an even stronger example of this theme of the mini-series. Here we are talking about one-to-few-frame illustrations, which can trigger these big emotional outpourings and lead to hundreds of thousands of fans and a life-creating art for Haley. But even that is not mini-enough, these one-frame illustrations. No, no, no. Because in this piece about anxiety, there's something that hits home so hard that is so so much tinier a tiny little shape inside a tiny little cartoon picture a forest green square with a single black line running down the middle splitting the square into the left and right halves on the left it says at the top my anxiety and sitting there below the copy is a scribbly black cloud almost like a ball of black cables all tangled together in a messy oval shape You can almost sense Haley taking a sharpie to some green construction paper and just going, "Ah." On either side of this scribbly black cloud, drooping from its sides, are its thin little stick figure arms and hands. Along the bottom, two little stick figure legs and feet like little L's that had been crammed up into the messy scribbles. But the best part, the best part of this stormy little character are its eyes right in the middle of the chaotic, scribbly cloud. Two circles, pure white. And in the middle of those white circles, those white eyes are tiny little black dots staring straight ahead. So taken together, you get this wide-eyed expression like, oh no. That little character is labeled, my anxiety, on the left side of this green square. And then to the right, the very same cloud copied and pasted. The only difference? A bunch of bright, colorful Christmas lights are popping out all around her. Of course, with the very same expression. Oh, no. So if the left side is my anxiety, the right is labeled my anxiety in December. So the thing I like the most, the reason it resonated with me, and I thought the the, the joke works, are the eyes. <laughs> like slightly deer in headlights. slightly sort of unblinking, dead to the world, like unable to react, you know, anxious. Yeah. And having that just persist with the over the top, like seasonal cheer, like forced down your throat, no matter how you're feeling with the Christmas lights blinking and bright around them. Like to me, the reason this worked was the eyes.
2: That makes me so happy. Yeah. The eyes, I feel like the eyes on all of my little characters, because they all are
0: usually so simple is the most fun place to play with emotion. Why? Tell me more about that. Tell me more about like the eyes and what you're thinking about as you design them.
2: Well, it's so funny because right now, like I am working on a book and it is about anxiety. Like the whole book follows this exact character and myself, which is represented by the little pink heart. And so it was funny because my brother's been editing it for me and all the time he'll comment on illustrations and just be like, lol, the eyes, because there is so much expression in our eyes even in real life when there are so many other features that are expressing our feelings in other ways, I do feel like it's this universal thing that you can look into someone's eyes and probably have some sense of what they're feeling based on the way that they are like squinted or widened or what, what have you. I, I think that's, so just playing with that shape and the emotion that just kind of sits in these like little movements is really cool to do even with these very simple illustration styles.
0: I don't think people who who don't do this work maybe recognize that. It's like these tiny little decisions are very often, especially for folks who do this repeatedly and at a high level, like yourself, they're considered. It's not an afterthought. It's this is a tool I have to work with. And in many ways, what we're doing is engineering some kind of feeling. I talk about production work like creating documentaries or shows like Unthinkable is in many ways manipulative, but you want it to be generous. You want it to be respectful. You know that if I put this music here, if I leave this pause here, if I use a list of three instead of a list of four, dot, 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 which I just did, <laughs> there, there's an increased sense of drama and forward progress. Like these are considered things that we do. And so for me, I was like, I see the eyes, I'm responding to the eyes. And I was like, I guarantee you Haley did that on purpose.
2: You're correct. <laughs>
0: That messy, cloud-like character called Anxiety? Well, she features heavily in Haley's book. Haley describes the book as a buddy comedy between an illustrated version of herself and the scribble, AKA her anxiety. I asked Haley what kind of change she'd want a reader to experience. I'd want them to feel
2: seen. I'd want them to feel connected to something outside of themselves, even if they are sitting alone in their room, just scrolling through their phone. I want it to be like a bright spot. Amidst a lot of bad news and feelings of being less than, I'd want them to feel seen.
0: Haley's book is titled, Give Me Space, But Don't Go Far. Big emotional responses don't require big projects or big amounts of time or budget. It can be from a tiny pair of eyes, carefully considered. A tiny tweak between two versions of the very same illustration. A few lines of copy overlaid onto a website or a drawing. Little things can lead to something rather profound that we keep hearing about in our stories on this show. The feeling that you are seen. I feel seen. Or maybe you start to laugh. Or think. Or cry. Whatever the case, the piece just resonates on a deeper level. And when that happens, a fleeting moment experiencing something so small can lead to a change that the audience carries with them throughout their lives. If you want to elevate your creativity and do it in a way that costs you no extra money and barely any time, pay attention to the tiny little things, these mini pockets of the works that you love. Because so often, that is why you love them. Have you taken the time to look? What do you see? Thank you so much for listening. This episode was written and edited by me, Jay Akunzo, with production support from Alana Nevins. If you had any thoughts or questions on this episode, this show, or my work overall, email me. I'm jay at unthinkablemedia.com. I'm also at jayakunzo on Twitter, and I really love hearing from you there too. If you liked today's episode, consider subscribing to my free newsletter, Playing Favorites. Every other week, I write a brand new story to help you elevate your creative work without magically adding more resources. Other readers of my newsletter include creatives and marketers from brands like Adobe, Shopify, Salesforce, and Red Bull, plus thousands of entrepreneurs, freelancers, and independent creators. Some readers have been with me since 2015, and it's the most shared project I create. So check your show notes for a link to join that newsletter for free, or you can subscribe at jaconzo.com. I'm back next week with a brand new story. Until then, keep making what matters. See ya. Thank you once again to our sponsor, The Juice. They're like Spotify for B2B content. I think somewhere along the way, marketing organizations and even individuals who create content for other marketers started to lose sight of the fact that the job is to help educate your audience. They stopped putting the help first and started to over-engineer some kind of lead, click, placement on Google search. You get it. The Juice believes in tearing that old system down and rebuilding B2B marketing to be what it should be for, which is learning great ideas and great resources. So if you are in marketing today, to find some of the best and smartest thinking about your craft, visit thejuicehq.com, sign up for free, and get lots of great resources from some of the brightest minds in your field right now. That's thejuicehq.com.